This is the Outback Way podcast, proudly sponsored by our HEMA Guidebook and Atlas. Welcome to the Outback Way podcast. I am Helen Lewis. Buckle up as we take you on Australia's longest shortcut, a journey through the heart of Australia. Welcome to the Outback Way podcast. Today, we are really fortunate to be able to speak with Sean Scott, a world-renowned photographer who has spent some time on the Outback Way recently and has taken some amazing shots and has a great story to tell about all the places he's been and and also maybe we even might get some tips from him about how to take photos in the Outback. Welcome, Sean. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, Helen. Thanks for having me on here. It's a yeah, privilege to have a chat to you guys. That's great. Thank you. So, Sean, tell us, how did it all start? How did the photography start because you mean you've got 318,000 followers on Instagram, 115,000 on Facebook, your posts get enormous traction. How did it all start? Um, I think I just have always just loved to show people things. So, you know, early on, um, I actually started my work life as an electrician and a linesman working for Energex here in Queensland. And I just always seemed to want to show people different things I was seeing. You know, I'd be out in the surf and I'd want to show people what it was like and and it wasn't until I was probably in my early 20s that I sort of um, did a trip with my wife to Tasmania and I took a little camera with me and I was taking heaps of little photos trying to get some shots and then we got there and the, the camera actually didn't work so all the photos were wasted so um, I bought my first proper camera there and yeah, never really looked back from then. Yeah, terrific. And so where would you say has been the one of the most interesting places like i guess that's hardcore depending on where you're at and what you're trying to achieve in your photography but what has been the most astounding images you, you think you've captured um i've sort of been lucky i've traveled you know all over the world doing photography um you know once i started before the social media era began and um i had a little gallery here on the gold coast which was used to some of my work but then once the social media took off I got to travel all over the world working for different companies and different tourism boards. So, you know, I have been um, to Iceland. I've been sitting there looking at the Northern Lights. I've been to the Arctic. I've been looking at polar bears. I've been shooting the grizzly bears. And then I also do a lot of surf photography. So I've been to Tahiti watching the huge waves there and Hawaii. But sort of the last four or five years, I suppose I've really started to reconnect with Australia and I've actually, you know, really fallen in love with the outback. So, now, they're all so different at the moment. I'd say, you know, the outback is what's really inspiring me. But, you know, at the same time, sitting there looking at the Northern Lights, that's pretty impressive or watching huge waves or just anything really that um, I really love to look at. And you're very clever in the way and you've got obviously got some drone shots and, and a lot from above, which was really terrific capturing of a mixture of colours and the change in landscapes. And so... Do you do much work on the photos once you've taken them to actually create the, the images that you you do or are they pretty well natural how it's taken? They are fairly natural. It's you know the same as before the digital age. The photoshops would do a little bit of work on them, so we do do a little bit of post-production, but I probably only spend you know, 15, 20 seconds on each image. Um, the cameras are getting that good that, that you don't need to do much. Yeah, it's just a matter of understanding how your camera works, looking at that light and making it um, come out the way that you've seen it. And, you know, the drones is something new, which is I've only been using now for probably two or three years, and that's another whole new ball game. All of a sudden you're learning to look straight down as opposed to straight out of the camera, and it's opened up so much more. You know, they can be annoying. People sometimes don't like the buzzing sound of a drone, but 
for myself and especially on places like the Outback Way when, when you are in such a, you know, wild and sort of such a huge um, landscape, flying that drone off that actually reconnects you to where you are because you're there looking at yourself going, holy heck, look where I am. I'm sitting out here. You know, I can't see anybody for you know, hundreds of them as you can see so the drone not only is a good tool for me to get photos to share with people but it also just gets me excited and lets me understand exactly where I am in the world at the moment. Fantastic and I mean it is artwork and if it means that you're able to put it out to people and a different perspective of the same landscape we see horizontally well I think it's a wonderful thing to be able to do it's good. Um, so tell me, you did do the Outback Way in July and can you just give us a, a rundown on what the highlights were and what you got out of the trip or just generally your experience along the entire Outback Way, the people, the landscape? Yeah, I suppose that's a big question. There's so much there to see. Um, you know, the very first time I saw the Outback Way, I was actually doing another highway, the Matilda Way, and I drove up there and I saw that sign and ever since I've seen that sign that says the Outback Way and you can see it leaving, Probably would have been, I was on that road, I think. Was it, it Bullier or Winton? Yeah, Bullier. Yeah, yeah. And I did remember seeing that sign and thinking, wow, that looks pretty awesome. And at the same time, I've also been out to Uluru before and driven out to Judah there and seen the sign there as well. So once I sort of worked out what this road was, yeah, I really wanted to do it. So once I um, hit the road from Mouthback Queensland there, it was really, you know, a bit of a, an adventure, totally discovering something new. I've been on little bits of the road before, but never the whole thing. So... That's where I get really inspired because I don't really know where I'm going to spend that night. You know, I had all the gear with me. I had the, the camper in the car and um, you know, I checked out where the fuel stations were and it was pretty much just a matter of following my nose and, and I found myself pulling over every you know, half an hour, an hour because something would catch my eye. And, and the more time you spend in that outback, the more you fall in love with, you know, just the things that you, you might just sort of go past really quickly. But then after a while, you look at it and go, actually, really, really cool. You know, that little hut or that little building or might, you know, pull over at one of the country pubs, go inside and check them out. There's just so much out there to see. And it's um, something I think, you know, a lot more Australians should spend time out on roads like this and really connect with Australia's Outback. And the road condition was pretty reasonable at that time. Yeah, yeah, I had no issues. I didn't have any flat tyres the whole way. You know, I asked quite a few people towing caravans. You know, there's a few corrugations in spots and can get a little bit dusty, but, yeah, had no issues at all with the tyres and, yeah, it was great. You know, you could sit on the speed limit and, um, you know, get moving if you had to or if not, you could just pull over and, um, you know, have a cup of tea and you know, boil the billy on the side of the road. It's, yeah, pretty, pretty special place. Were you surprised how the landscape changed? Yeah, it was always changing, um, you know, probably every uh, every half a day when I was driving a lot, it'd be, be something totally different you're looking at. Yeah, I was quite surprised and, you know, I was just always looking forward to what the next thing was going to be. You know, the, the start there at between Winton and Bullier, you know, that's pretty impressive. You've got all those jump ups, it sort of looks like you're in a Wild West uh, movie, but you know, everywhere its own little thing to add to it, which helped me get some, you know, really good images that I'll be using for my own gallery, but also work to really showcase the road trip as an adventure that it was. Yeah, that's great. And because I always think that driving into Western Australia from the Northern Territory, you've got the two ranges on either side of you and you just wonder where the Cowboys and the Indians are. And uh, it's just one of those classic 
American scenes and you go, whoa, <laughs> so somewhere in the Midwest. <laughs> yeah, that was beautiful. Then. And I think there's quite a lot of um, wildlife around that part of the area too. I yeah, think. there's quite a few camels, I think. And uh, Yeah, that's. I think there's some uh, little windmill or some water there somewhere. So, yeah, that was quite spectacular when we came through there. We actually wish we'd spent a little bit, bit more time in that part of, that part of the road, but, um, you know, you never know, I might, might have to head back. Yeah, that's great. So, and you found it quite easy in regards to fuel stops and things. It wasn't hard to keep going. No, it was all we had no issues with that whatsoever. Um, you know, we had only a small fridge in the car. We had enough food. We um, yeah, had enough fresh food. There's usually somewhere every two or three days or a day when you're in the bit more populated areas that you could stop and buy supplies. So yeah, we had absolutely no issues at all with that. It was yeah, no problems. That's good. And did you sleep out most nights, or do? You- Find yourself some accommodation or? No, we just camped every night, uh, sort of like we, what we like the most. There's a lot of station camps. There's a few national park camps, I think there was. Yeah, so there's plenty of places that you could stop and camp. And um, yeah, we did that every night and loved it. Actually, once I'd finished the trip, I did another job where they did put me in a really fancy station where, they, um, where I had my own room. And I'd actually end up going back out and sleeping on the roof of the car because I liked it that much. So yeah, it's pretty awesome. That's really good. Excellent. And so now I guess, you know, the outback, it's um, pretty bright and you know, the sun's really intense. Do you get, have you got any tips for people who are keen budding photographers and uh, might be interested in, in understanding a bit more about how to, obviously it depends on the camera, but any particular tips that you could give people for taking photos in outback and bright sun and hot days? Yeah, it's definitely hot and it's cold actually when I was there in the winter time. Yeah, but I didn't have any issues like that. Um, I suppose the biggest tip I always have is, you know, to be in the right place at the right time. You've just always got to be, you know, keeping your eye out and being out there. So doing a road like this, you know, you are going to be in the right place at the right time. At some point of the trip, you know, quite a lot of times you'll be like that. So then it's a matter of just understanding how your camera works. So whether you're using a, you know, a large DSLR or you've just got your own, you know, smartphone, there's so many opportunities. It's a matter of, you know, be driving early in the morning and looking around at that last hour of light and just really getting a camera and understanding how it works. Because we did, we did just point and shoot, don't we, and hope. Yeah, there's a few little, um, your phone, there's a few things you can learn to make that work better for you. You know, get down low, you know, and just be up early in the morning and, and late in the afternoon. If you're a little bit more advanced than you are using those DSLRs, the other tip, I suppose, would be because it's such beautiful night skies out there, if you want to shoot astrophotography, maybe just have a bit of a look at when the moon phases are so you can um, work your way around it. But, you know, one classic example was I think it's like the third night on the road. We were just up early because we were going from east to west, so it was easy to get up early. And we are up and just in the dark getting ready to pack up and we just looked out and noticed the moon. There was a, you know, a big eclipse happening. I was just like, that moon looks a bit weird and just kept watching and it just kept changing with the moon. So and I had my gear right there and ready. So we pulled out and got some great shots. Yeah, it was just um, about being in the right place at the right time and knowing how to use your gear. Oh, good. We've got um, obviously lots of lots of great photos from your trip and which we'll be putting up with this podcast and uh, and things. And I, I guess... People can actually access some of that through your shop as well, all the other one, all the other great photos that you take. So what are the best details for people to get in touch with you and uh, and sort of see what else you do? Yeah, if you want to have a look on my uh, my social media, probably has a good example of all the images. There'll be some tags on there from the Outback Way. So my main account on Instagram is Sean Scott Photography. Um, that's just S-E-A-N-S-C-O-T-T Photography. And I've also got another account on Instagram, which also heavily um, showcased the trip, and that's called Australia's 
underscore Outback. Um, and that shows a lot of the work from the trip. Oh, that's excellent. Thank you. Just good for people to have a look and, and see uh, all the beautiful landscapes that uh, you've captured. So that'll be very good. And did you want to share anything else at all about the trip or uh, anything else you wanted to talk about with the travellers on the Outback Way? Yeah, I just advise anyone who's thinking about it to to get out there and you know have a have a go at it. It's nothing like some people think. It's you know a lot of four wheel driving and very rough. And you know I, I, you could do it in a car that wasn't a four wheel drive. Obviously, it's a little bit better to have those um, you know a bit more rugged tyres and that just in case. But I had no issues. There's no time I ever had to put the car in four wheel drive. You know the people were friendly. I never once was nervous about anything out on that road and um yeah just absolutely had probably one of the best adventures as far as a road trip i've ever had oh that's great news well thank you so much for your time and thanks for joining our podcast today and uh we look forward to uh sending some traffic your way and uh, and also it's just been really great to have you capture the outback way as you have and uh, we appreciate it so thank you for joining us no worries thank you helen thank you for tuning into the outback way podcast Our notes and links will be on our website, outbackway.org.au. You can subscribe to our newsletter, buy our guidebook and download the app if you haven't already. Please join us on Facebook, Outback Way, Australia's Longest Shortcut, and on Twitter at Outback Way 1. The Outback Way podcast is all about your trip. We're really trying to make it easier for you and give you valuable information to make it more enjoyable. So we'd love your feedback. Send your questions, comments and travel stories to info at outbackway.org.au and if you share your story, we may even feature you on this podcast. Thank you for joining us through the heart of Australia on Australia's Longest Shortcut. Cheers for now.